everyone. Welcome to episode 13 of the MindHub podcast. Today is a day that we have been waiting for for a long time. We do have a, a little bit down the line, um, and that is Melissa Urban, the co-founder of Whole30. So, you know, if you steer with us a little bit while longer, you will get to hear her talk about Whole30 and everything in between. Um, but first, Cody and I wanted to talk about our experiences with Whole30 because we both went through Whole30. He has done Whole30 way more than I have. Uh, <laughs> so coach clients who have done Whole30. So we just wanted to give you guys a little bit of our perspective um, going into it, especially if you don't know what Whole30 is. Yeah, Whole30. So should we describe it first or should we just uh, kind of dive into our experiences? I know she kind of goes into... Uh, you know, what it's all about. No, you can just a little bit. You can just say what it is. All right. So Whole30. Basically, it is this 30-day thing in order to kind of figure out what is optimal for you nutrition-wise, eating foods that agree with your body, help digestive issues. So basically, it's an elimination diet, which is nothing new to society it's something that you know doctors might tell you to do if you are having digestive issues or you have allergies so this 30-day diet in quotes because it's not it's not like a diet (laughs) I, I hate that word when pertaining to this but you eliminate commonly common foods that are an allergy so like soy gluten uh, legumes, grains, sugar. Uh, sugar, corn. Is that about it? Am I missing something? Dairy? Did I hit? Did I say dairy? Dairy, dairy, grains. So, you said that. Yeah. Yeah. So it seems like a lot. I always have a hard time going over the things that you shouldn't be eating on this diet first because that totally scares people away. Uh, but it's not for weight loss it is for optimal health so it's to see if you feel better with certain foods not in your diet it's just to find out if you have any sensitivities but then also it's kind of to reset your palate because when it comes to sugar it's it does this thing where the the more you eat like the more you need and your palate just gets so used to sugar that nothing just it nothing really seems satisfying or it's it doesn't taste super sweet it's just very normal but after you take it out of your diet for 30 days you crave it less and it tastes so strong like so sweet refined <laughs> sugar it's almost like it just like birds just like whoa this is very sweet and after 30 days like you have a piece of fruit I mean, you can eat fruit on Whole30, but fruit just starts tasting super sweet. The whole palate just kind of resets, and it's just this weird, natural way. And you're like, you taste foods. You aren't just kind of going through the motions, and uh, the cravings kind of die down a bit. But um, just eliminate all of these things from your diet. Um, it's, It's not easy, even though part of the instructions say that it's not hard (laughs) uh but it's simple if you're a person who really likes guidelines and you're just like just tell me what to not eat what to eat whatever this could be a very good way to be like okay cool here you go i tend to i have put clients through 
the Whole30 program if they don't want to check their food, if they have really hardcore like sugar cravings that they want to get under control but and will do anything to get them under control. It all depends on where the person is at, if they're willing to just take it out of their diet for 30 days completely. Uh, so yes, it is. it works. It's great to kind of just find out your emotional connections with food, go through some shit and all that. So my experience on Whole30, when I first heard about it was from Cody like two years ago, I think. And I was terrified, you you know, hearing everything that you have to cut out and not having sugar and not having my pre-workout and, you know, not having everything that I was, all my comfort foods that I was used to eating, I was terrified, but I knew that I wanted to do it for 30 days. Like, that's all it's for. It's for 30 days. There's an end date. Like, you know, it's, it's not easy, but it's only for 30 days. Uh, and my experience with it was the, the first week, you know, is kind of the bad week. It's a week where your body is detoxing from everything. Um, I didn't really have that many symptoms. I think maybe like the third or fourth day, I had a headache here, here and there, which was probably withdrawing from the sugar and the fake sugars and everything. Um, but towards the middle, you know, you start to have more energy, you start to sleep better, you start to realize what your body wants to eat and, and you know, your cravings most of the time um, subside. Uh, and then towards the end, I felt like I just wanted to, you know, finish, get it done, you know, like have a treat. Um, but I really think that it's important for most people to try Whole30, one, so that you can know that you do it, and two, to, you know, especially if you have digestive issue, issues, you can determine what, you know, maybe what the cause is or what triggers it or, you know, really look at what your body doesn't like and what your body likes because with all the processed foods in the world, you can't really know because it's all processed. So you're, you, you might think that you like gluten and bread and then you take it out and then you reintroduce it and your body's like, no. So then you know that bread is an issue um, or with sugar or with anything. So I, I really think that most people should try it. Um, that's kind of my quick rundown of it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think, you know, with my first experience was was years ago and I was like a completely my, my diet was completely different seven years ago than it is now so I was addicted to energy drinks at the time that's a no-no on Whole30 so that was really hard I ate cereal I it was just it was different so those were I can't my, picture you eating cereal dude I ate cereal every really fucking can't. day you I know can't. the waffle my waffle craze that was cereal for me for years years and so it, that's when, you know, people are still eating cereal. And I was like, man, if I can give up cereal, you can, you can stop too. <laughs> you still have cereal once in a while? I don't, man, because I can't stop. I will just eat the whole box. <laughs> Sorry to go off, talk, off topic, but I just, I can't picture you eating cereal. I I love cereal. Lucky Charms and Honey Bunches of Oats was my, oh. my jam for so long, dude. The strawberry and the, the honey, just the regular. Uh those were I loved it. So it was it was it was hard giving that up. It was hard getting up the energy drinks because I did not like coffee, but that's where I started drinking coffee because I knew if I didn't, I was gonna get some gnarly headaches. So 
I switched over to coffee. I also switched over to kombucha at that time because I I went from soda to energy drinks to kombucha uh, because it's that kind of fizzy. It's a little bit similar. I'm still drinking kombucha I'm like a crazy kombucha addict, but uh, at least it's a little bit better. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the most difficult thing for me the first time around was definitely just the the switch up of routine of the cereal of the the energy drinks and but. I also had a lot of digestive issues before I got rid of all of those things. So I think that I found out from doing Whole30 the first time that dairy and gluten were a problem for me and also artificial sweeteners. Those to me still today, I will have like the occasional energy drink when I'm just, I need something, yeah. I'm about to work out, I don't have a pre-work a pre-workout where I just I don't have coffee so I'm just gonna I'm gonna get an energy drink real fast um but I have to know the consequences of that it really just makes you connect with your body and your the food that you eat how it affects you how it makes you feel it's a whole different way of thinking it's not about weight loss it's about optimal health and that's the part that I really like about it people tend to poo-poo on it because it is so restrictive um but it's a different type of restrictive. It's you you have free reign. You can you can eat as much as you want when you, you know until you're full. Eat when you're hungry. You just gotta keep it to to whole foods basically. You also can't weigh yourself or do yes. measurements or anything. Yeah, you can when the thirty days is up. Which I remember. I remember when you did it the first time, and you messaged me. <laughs> you said, "I only lost twelve pounds," and I was like what the fuck you lost 12 pounds in a month you remember that yes i i remember that like it was yesterday and i was just like dude 12 pounds is a ton to lose in a month and i remember you being so disappointed and <laughs> it's funny because it's not a weight loss thing but generally people do lose weight just because you know your comforts your, your comfort foods are gone your binge foods are gone unless you want to I don't know what you would binge on, like a chicken breast, but um, no one does that. So, yeah, I remember <laughs> you you end up losing like 12 pounds or something like that. So I was actually very mad that I only lost 12 pounds because I saw people <laughs> losing like, I mean, I know you're not supposed to compare yourself to others, but I saw people losing like um, 20, 25 pounds, 30 pounds in a month, which is unrealistic. Very unrealistic. Where were these people coming from? Where did you see these 30-pound losses besides my 600-pound life? Yeah, I mean, I Is don't that know. where I... you got that from? <laughs> no. no. Are, you, no, are no. you confusing the whole 30 with, like, Dr. Now? <laughs> no, not at all. But I just, I want people to know that I didn't think that I could do it, and I did it. So if you're someone who's who's contemplating it, listen to what Melissa has to say. And I can guarantee you that it will change your mind and your views of Whole30. Hi, this is Melissa Urban. I'm the Whole30 co-founder and CEO. If you haven't heard of Whole30, we are a 30-day reset for your health habits and relationship with food. I co-founded the company in 2010 after doing my first Whole30 as a self-experiment. And now we've got eight books and a huge online community and a podcast and all kinds of resources to help our folks find food freedom. What what inspired you to create the program? 
So, I mean, I really, it kind of have to go back almost 20 years because it really started with my uh, rehab from drug addiction. So I spent about five years as a drug addict in college and after I dropped out of college. And when I finally went to rehab and entered into recovery, I realized that I had to make a lot of changes in order to maintain that recovery. So I began exercising. I began paying attention to what I ate. I, I really embraced this idea that I could be a healthy person with healthy habits. And so I spent the next few years really playing around with different exercise modalities, the gym. I did CrossFit. I did triathlons for a while. I adopted different dietary protocols, mostly whole food based. And so in 2009, after listening to a certification seminar from Rob Wolf, who's a big paleo um, advocate, my co-founder and I were sitting around after a really difficult gym session. And he was like, you know, what if we did this really squeaky clean kind of 30 day experiment where we pulled all the junk food out and like, I wonder what would happen to our athletic performance and recovery. And since I was very, you know, into the idea of um, self-experimentation, I was like, yeah, sure, let's give it a try. And that really was the foundation of what was to become the whole 30 was just this two person self-experiment that went so incredibly well for both of us in, in different but similar ways. Yeah, I mean, it it's blown up, especially in the last couple of years, because now it's at Chipotle, like it's at Walmart, like everywhere, like you can go. I remember when 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 I did Whole30, you know, I could go to Chipotle and Walmart. And it's just it's just awesome to see it grow because Cody did it when I think when you first started it. Yeah, I think the first time I don't it's been at least seven years, I think. And the first time I did it, I know there wasn't there wasn't anything uh -huh. that was really available. Everything you did, you had to do it by hand. Like if you yeah. wanted mayonnaise, it, nothing was Whole30 <laughs> approved. And so now I'm like, man, you guys got an easy stop. I know. Thing. These kids like, these days, right? I know. <laughs> we were like walking uphill in the snow both ways, making our own homemade mayo and salad dressings and packing our emergency food on the airplanes. Yeah, it really the program really has grown incredibly organically out of, you know, the community's devotion to the protocol, how well it works, just how effective it is for so many people who try it. And the fact that, you know, these brands and companies that we've been working with, Applegate, LaCroix, Chipotle, our Walmart frozen meals, Primal Kitchen, the new Primal, the list goes on and on. They're just so incredibly devoted to solving pain points for the Whole30 community. How can we help you, you know, really change your life by changing the food you put on your plate and make it more convenient? make it portable, make it tastier than ever. So we're really lucky to have such great partners. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, how did how did you guys like come up with the approach and like decide like what you can eat and what you can't eat on Whole30? Yeah, so the Whole30 is, I kind of described the way Whole30 is framed as a pyramid. So at the foundation of the pyramid is science. So we were looking at research that talked about inflammatory factors in certain food groups, gut disruption uh, and gut inflammation factors in food groups, certain food groups tendencies to promote cravings and overconsumption. That was my particular area of interest in research. And which foods tend to have the most negative impact on things like blood sugar and hormonal regulation. So, you know, this was based loosely on the framework of a paleo diet because the paleo diet tends to exclude a lot of these same food groups. But we looked at the research and decided, okay, these foods are very commonly problematic for a large number of people to varying degrees. 
But you can't just rely on the science because one day you'll read that butter is going to kill you dead. And then the next day, you know, new magazine says <laughs> butter is so heart healthy. So the science alone is really tricky. On that next level of the pyramid is really built this idea of clinical experience. I did the program with my co-founder. We both had amazing results, but that's just two people. When I shared about it in July 2009 on my blog and a few hundred people did the program and they reported equally amazing, really remarkably similar experiences, that's when we were like, oh, I think we're on to something here. So we now have this large body of millions of data points of clinical experience from people saying, I did the program, this is what I experienced, this is what I've learned. But even that isn't really enough. The pinnacle of this pyramid and what the whole the whole 30 is really grounded in is this idea of self-experimentation because it might work in the research, it might work for me, but until you do it for yourself and have the very personal experience of, you know, now I know that these foods work really well for me and these foods don't work so well and here's how they impact me and I get to decide whether they're worth continuing to eat or not. That's really the power of the Whole30 is we help you figure that out for yourself so you can create your own perfect sustainable plan going forward. Yeah, I, and, and I know that uh, Cody and I were talking earlier about a lot of the quotes that you have in your book and on your website. Um, Cody, if you want to share one of your favorite <laughs> ones. So to this day, no matter what I'm doing, whether it's food related or what, uh, I always just hear your voice or your that one quote where it's like, this is not hard. Yeah. <laughs> fighting cancer is hard. Birthing a baby is hard. Losing a parent is hard. Drinking your coffee black is not hard. So um, for many, that might kind of be like, oh, psh, man, like this is the, the rebellious side. It's like, man, fuck this. Like, oh, yeah. it's hard. Um, but to me, like, I don't know. I love it. I took it to heart and I'm just like, I could use this everywhere. But what is... So like, what was your idea around that aspect? Like, what were your thoughts when you when you say that to people and they have pushback? Yeah. Like, how do you present that to them? It's, it's funny because that's probably the most quoted line of the program. And that line has been in the program since day one. The very first time I wrote about the Whole30, I wrote that line. And if you think about the fact that I am coming to the Whole30 as a drug addict, as someone who had to kick heroin, this <laughs> idea of someone complaining to me about having to drink their coffee black, I'm a very black or white, on or off, Gretchen Rubin, upholder, a neogram type eight. When I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And coming from the CrossFit community and coming from my background of recovery, what I really wanted to do was remind people that they have so much more power than they're giving themselves credit for. You have done harder things than this in your lifetime. And the whole 30 is the worthiest goal on earth. It is for the only physical body you are going to have in this lifetime. So that that is not hard is really meant to inspire and motivate and empower people to realize that they have far more agency in this situation than they've been giving themselves credit for. In the Whole30 book, however, the very next line in that chapter says, but I know this is hard. And that's where <laughs> I go on to talk about the emotional relationship we have with food, all of the factors that may prevent us from eating healthy when we really want to, access issues, budget issues. There are so many reasons why changing the food you put on your plate is hard. And I like to acknowledge both sides of that coin in this real um, empathetic and uplifting way. Right. It's almost like saying, 
yes, this is hard, but you can do it. There's not this hopelessness that I feel like a lot of people tend to fall into. They're just like, I can't do this. Like, fuck this. I'm done. And <laughs> this line, I'm just like, no, like you can, yeah. you've done harder things. <laughs> yes. I know, yeah. I, I know when, when I did Whole30, I didn't think I could do it. I was like, oh, this is, this is terrifying because again, I had like an emotion. I still have a, a remote, uh, an emotional relationship with food. So, it, you know, when you hear that line, um, the first line, it's like, oh no, like, mm-hmm. what? <laughs> like, it, it, it's just crazy, especially mentally, but coming like out of doing Whole30, it definitely changes the way that you view food and the way that your body needs um, and uses the, the, the food you eat as fuel. Yes. And I'm hoping that coming out of the Whole30, because lots of men have emotional relationships with food, by the way, you may not <laughs> talk about it as freely, or it may not be as socially acceptable to discuss it. That is very common across all people. But I'm hoping that what you discovered when you came out of your Whole30 was the fact that I think about myself differently now. I kept a promise to myself. I knew it would be hard. And every single day I showed up for myself and I did it. And that can be such an incredibly empowering experience. That sense of self-agency and self-efficacy and self-confidence will spill over as I hope you discovered into every single area of your life. Oh yeah, sure. it, it, it did. And I know that um, uh, Cody had a whole group on Facebook um, with probably like a, a hundred or so people that did Whole30 with him as a coach. So, you know, it's it definitely brings people together, especially if they're doing it together. Yeah, yeah, the community is really at the heart of Whole30. And if you, you know, it's a, it's a shared experience, it's a common experience, you can be there for support, encouragement, motivation, you know, a little butt kicking if you need it. <laughs> and I, I think especially now more than ever, people want to feel like they belong to something bigger than themselves. And the Whole30 is such a welcoming, inclusive, warm, positive community that I feel like that can go a long way towards helping people actually achieve that goal. I know that going back to when I was in the Whole30 group on Facebook, there were, like you said, there were not a lot of men in that group. There was very few, like maybe like five or six or seven, but it was all women. So do do you find that more women do your your Whole30 than men? That's a really insightful um, observation and a really insightful question. I don't think more women than men do the Whole30. I think they are more represented on the Whole30, especially when we're talking about social media channels. So the diet industry, which I will unfortunately lump ourselves in with in terms of big picture, is very much female dominated, probably because diet culture has been telling us we're not good Mm -hmm. enough, thin enough, or, or fit enough our whole lives. And then again, I feel like it's just more taboo for men to talk about things like their guilt and shame around food, an emotional relationship relationship with food, eating for comfort, eating to self-soothe, eating for love. I think men do the whole 30, but I don't think they're out there asking for support or talking about it anywhere near as much. And I honestly wish that they would. I wish they would. Because they're not, you know, you're not the only one with an emotional issue with food. And every time I've had a a man in my seminars or in one of my workshops stand up and talk about it, all the other guys in the audience are like, yeah, me too. But nobody wants to be the first (laughs) to say it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. What do you say to people who say that Whole30 is just another fad diet? Oh, bless bless their hearts. (laughs) Um... (laughs) 
I think if you are only hearing about it third hand and you just do, you know, you hear that for it's a 30 day challenge where you can't eat a bunch of food. Okay. I get why you might think it's a, a crash <laughs> diet, a weight loss diet, a fad diet. I also think that people, we don't, we're not in a like clean category. I just said, I reluctantly lump myself in with the diet industry, but we're like the antithesis of dieting. There's no calorie counting or calorie restriction. You're not weighing yourself on a scale. We're not about weight loss at all. We don't track body composition. We don't do before and afters in a bikini. Like there's so much about the whole 30 that's different. And I think people just don't know how to categorize it. So, you know, I think it's very often misunderstood, but all you would have to do is like a quick Google search to see what we're about. <laughs> it's like not hard to find. And then I also just think that, you know, we were kind of trying to forge our way in a brand new category that didn't really exist before Whole30, which is like the not diet food plan. And that doesn't really ring off the tongue, like ring, you know, off the tongue really easily. But you know what I'm trying to say. Did, did, Did you get any pushback when you started Whole30? I know you said it grew really quickly, but have you received any pushback from it? Yeah, tons, tons. There are a lot of people who um, don't like the fact that we eliminate foods that the government says are really, really good for you. Mm -hmm. So, right. They overlook the fact that it's just a 30 day self experiment. Mm -hmm. So we're not telling you not to eat this stuff forever. They overlook the fact that elimination diets have been around since the 1920s and are often considered the gold standard of identifying food sensitivities. And they just say, well, this plan eliminates dairy or eliminates whole grains. And like, we all know that those foods are really, really good for you. So we do have some detractors in that front. I definitely have detractors. And frankly, this is well earned from those who have a history of disordered eating or eating disorders who find the program triggering. And we have a lot of warnings around the Whole30 that our program is not meant for that population. Um, The rules can be triggering. Any elimination diet is very strict in terms of its protocol. And if you are coming from a background where restriction is triggering, like that's not a good place for you. So that's one population group for whom we're not the best suited. Um, But, you know, I... People, not everybody likes the Whole30 and the Whole30 isn't right for anyone, for everyone. And I'm just trying to help people identify the way that works the best for them. So whether that's Whole30 or you find another way to go about that, like I'm all for it and I will absolutely support you in that journey. Yeah, that's, I was thinking like when it comes to Whole30, whenever somebody asks me, you know, what what, what is Whole30, which is always funny because I'm just like, what? You haven't heard of it by now? <laughs> uh when you try to come up with, you know, someone's absolutely new and the, your first response is to kind of be like, we'll talk about that in a second. Or I'll just like send you all of the website resources, <laughs> because if I start going off being like, well, you just don't eat this, 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 and this, this <laughs> they're going to be like, nah, no, nah, we're good. Like, that's just not going to happen. Uh, but people forget that they it's coming from a place of identifying allergens and like triggers to for health so it's very health based it's not about weight loss yes it's 30 days but these 30 days are really vital to finding out things that might not be making you feel good it's not this oh yeah elimination like this is how you lose weight and this is why we're doing it like that's not even anything about it like you said so it's really about just making sure that people understand this isn't a weight loss diet. This is legit for your own health. If you're having digestive issues, this is going to be something that even 
any GI doc is going to tell you to do to figure out if you're sensitive to dairy, gluten, soy, whatever. Uh, so it's just this automatic, like people are just resistant to it, but it's like, it's really not that scary. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's why I never lead with what you're not eating. So I'll do media <laughs> and the immediately the news channel wants to know like, so what aren't you eating on the diet? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's talk about what you are eating for 30 days. <laughs> Cause the no list can be really intimidating, but what you just said is absolutely accurate. It is, you have to reframe the whole 30 against the context of their expectations, which is it's going to be a prescriptive weight loss diet. Whole30 doesn't tell you what you should eat. We help you figure out the best plan for you because every dietitian in the world is like, there's no one size fits all. You have to do what works for you. And everybody out there is like, cool, that makes so much sense. How do I know what works for me? So you can now just start telling people Whole30 is how you figure out what works for you via their 30-day self-experiment. <laughs> yeah, I think there's also some value in that, although it's kind of restrictive, it's also, you know, from someone who came from like a background of of disordered eating, it was actually more healing for me because there wasn't any limits to, to what you ate. It wasn't like you have to only eat this many calories. It was just like, don't track anything. Don't weigh yourself like eat when you're hungry. It, it's, it's just stick to what this is. And it's, it was kind of just a, a whole new world. And so I don't necessarily think that it could be bad for, for everyone in that certain, you know, section of, if you're coming from disordered eating, it's more of like, just be mindful of, you know, where you're at or what does trigger you. But I don't think it's like, all right, anyone who's ever had an eating disorder should never do whole 30. Um, yeah, just I, I mean, I have to say that because I have to cover my butt and I really yeah. don't. I would feel awful <laughs> if someone coming into the program tried to take it on by themselves without support from a therapist or guidance from a healthcare practitioner and then ended up, you know, back into their addiction. That would make me feel terrible. However, I have a lot of therapists and healthcare practitioners who are treating clients with eating disorders and Whole30 is a part of that very carefully designed therapy for the reason that you just outlined, because, you know, you're eating as much as you want. It's not, again, there's, it's missing that like patriarchy, pa the patriarchy of this is how you eat. I am your guru. I am going to tell you how to eat. I'm going to tell you how much to eat. It's probably going to be too much. And we're just going to try to make you small. Like all of that is missing. And that can be so incredibly freeing for a yeah. lot of people. Yeah. And I think too, when it comes to people freak out because they're not tracking their food, like if it's someone who's been tracking their food forever and they're like, okay, so I, I just, I stopped tracking. And you're like, mm -hmm. you're not eating any highly palatable foods. It's really hard to actually overeat when you're eating Whole30. If we did not have processed foods, we wouldn't have to probably even fucking track things. So it's kind of just like reverse, go back to actual food, take out the tracking and Oh, wow. It's actually pretty simple. <laughs> yeah, it can be. And it, and it really helps to restore that trust in your body, right? This idea that like when I'm hungry, I can trust that I'm hungry. When I'm full, I can trust that I'm full. It restores a healthy relationship with food because in my opinion, dinner should not be a complex math session. Um, and, and so, you know, I always say like you can, you can count on your body to steer you better than any calculator you might find on the internet. And I think sometimes we fall into this trap of what I'm doing isn't working. So I just have to do more of what I'm already doing. So if I'm eating less, I have to eat even less. And if I'm tracking, I have to narrow down my tracking and get even more tight, maybe buy a food scale. And like we narrow our lives in the, 
in the hope that just doing more of the same thing is going to help us. And like, what if the answer is just to ditch that stuff and go back, like unplug and plug it back in. And that's very much what we do. Yeah, for sure. What would you say, like how much of a role you mentioned kind of, you know, being in recovery and then having this very, you know, kind of black and white um, reasoning with things. And would you say that the formation of this kind of in the same way that you had to like come off of drugs or you had to abstain from it, went into the thought of creating this program where it's like, you have to abstain from sugar. You have to abstain from the <laughs> things that trigger you. Um, so yeah, how did that play a role in it? I can absolutely see how much of my own recovery was built into the structure and framework and support of the Whole30 now. I had no idea when I was in the process of creating it. In fact, it wasn't until like maybe a year into the program, I was, and I hadn't even talked about my recovery publicly yet. I was doing a workshop, a seminar, and at a break, two women came up to me and they said, are you in recovery? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yes. How could you possibly know that? I haven't mentioned a word of it. And they were like, oh, it's the, it's the language you're using. You're using, you're, 400% in recovery speak. And I was like, oh my gosh, I think you're right. Um, and it wasn't until I looked back and really saw a lot of the parallels. I mean, I guess it makes sense, right? I take my own personal experience and inject it into this business and community that I've been like growing and loving and nurturing for 10 years now. But there's a lot of parallel, I think, between food and drugs. And I've explored that a lot in the last 10 years. The cycle of craving and overconsumption and guilt and shame and the isolation that it brings and the stress that that causes and then doing more of the thing that you hate yourself for but not being able to stop like am i talking about sugar or am i talking about drugs it's the same <laughs> cycle yes. so i think my background with recovery is really helpful in me talking to people about their relationship with food because i've never had an eating disorder i wouldn't say i've ever had a dysfunctional relationship with food but i know what it's like because i did a lot of drugs for a long time <laughs> yeah for sure and i think it there's a huge parallel between drugs and, and sugar and stuff and people our clients always ask me you know how do i uh how do i just stop the cravings or how mm -hmm. do I stop giving in or how do I crave it less? I'm just like, I'm sorry, but you got to eat it less. <laughs> you got to yeah. stop, you know, the, the sugar, it's going to trigger you to just keep eating. That's what it's designed to do. It's hitting that, that dopamine in your head and you're just going to want to keep going for it. And so it's with the whole 30, there's that, there's 30 days, you are just completely not eating it. And then you find that you crave it less mm -hmm. by the, even by week one, you're just, it's, it's such a difference. And by the time it's over, sugar tastes so strong. Things mm -hmm. taste so sweet and like your whole palate kind of changes. So it's like mm -hmm. this palate reset that it's very interesting. There is a physiological component to it as well, which you've just touched on, which is the palate reset, the blood sugar regulation reset, right? You no longer have these super highs and lows that make you crave. Your metabolism is better in line. Your gut bacteria is healthy, which may lead to fewer cravings. But the other piece of it is that in the absence, and Dee, you might be able to speak to this, but in the absence of not being able to reach for what you would normally reach for in a highly emotional state, you are forced to find another way to deal with your shit. And unless you have the absence of that thing that used to be so easy to reach for, unless that's completely gone, you're not, it's going to be hard for you to find a reason and find the willpower to say, I'm not going to do this easy thing that I have been doing for like a decade. 
Instead, I'm going to sit and do the hard thing. So like we remove the easy thing and now you are forced to say, what do I actually need right now? Do I need to cry? Do I need to sit? Do I need to be angry? Do I need some therapy? You know, do I need to connect with another human being? Like, what do I actually need? Because it's not really the cookie. That's awesome. I love that. That's like the part of the whole 30 that is my favorite because it really does force people to look at their relationship with food and sit with their emotions and actually see how much of an emotional connection they have with things. Uh, so it's just this kind of, the, the way that it works it is, I don't know, I love that aspect of it. <laughs> I'm glad. It's always nice to do an, a podcast interview where like both of you have done the program before because now we're speaking this like common language and you can talk yeah. about it from your own experience. <laughs> yeah. Yes. There's, there's also think- been times I've been like, I, I didn't, like even with me, I, I make these waffles and they're they're you know paleo whatever. And when I do whole thirty, that that is the hardest part for me. Yeah. So I'm like, God, can't make them waffles and they're just oh, it's just banana eggs. Why? And then I find myself I getting like mad. I'm like, oh, this part right. annoys me. But I know that it's there for a reason. You can swear <laughs> at me, a I can handle it. I've heard a lot worse. People swear um, at me all the time too. It's okay. But it's so interesting that we have this deeply emotional reaction to being told that you can't put eggs and banana into a waffle maker for 30 days. Like there's something there. There really is, right? And so let me give you 30 days to really think about that. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's fun. Do you think that most people should try Whole30? I mean, I, if it were me in a perfect world, everyone, you know, in the world who was able to, and who wanted to, would be able to do the program. And, and I think that, you know, we're obviously working very, very hard right now as an organization on all of the reasons that people can't do the whole 30 and, and that's accessibility and it's uh, being price conscious and budget conscious, it's representation, it's a variety of social justice, justice issues that, you know, tend to impact black and brown communities and native indigenous communities the hardest. And there are a lot of reasons why people might want to do the whole 30 and right now can't. And we are definitely working to break those barriers down as fast as we can ultimately I, you know, the program is free. It's always been free. You don't need to buy a single thing except the food you eat in order to do it. And I love the idea of someone taking 30 days and doing what I would consider this radical act of self-care, which is for 30 days, I'm going to be really conscientious about what I put in my body and I'm going to pay attention to my body and I'm going to listen to it and I'm going to trust it. And at the end, I'm going to reward it by doing what my body tells me is best for me. I would love for everyone to have that experience. That's awesome. For anyone who's thinking about it too, or has done it, um, I think when it comes to the end of the program, what are <laughs> what are your biggest suggestions? Should uh, people just jump in and be like, "It's day thirty, I'm getting a pizza," <laughs> or uh, you know, should they implement slowly to figure out what is bothering them? Yeah. I, so you know, the pro the program is really clearly outlined, and we often just talk about the thirty day aspect of the whole thirty, the elimination. But reintroduction is equally as important. You don't have a self experiment if you eliminate and then don't reintroduce and compare your experience. And reintroduction is really where you learn the most about how these foods that you've been missing are actually impacting you. So. I, I love the idea of people getting excited and wanting to jump right in. And also, I want you to take just a little bit of time to plan and prepare. So read the program 
and think about, you know, know what you're getting yourself into in terms of the 30 day elimination, 10 day reintroduction. Think about when a good start date would be. I don't want you to plan a wedding or a birthday party or a once in a lifetime vacation on day 31 because you will probably miss the opportunity to reintroduce. We talk about, and there are all kinds of advice on the website about you know, cleaning out your pantry and getting your support system in place and planning a few meals ahead of time so that you're not stressed and you're saving money by having an actual meal plan. So there are a number of tips, I think, that we offer freely on the website or in any of our books for getting started. And then I would just say there's never going to be a perfect time. You're never going to find 30 days in your whole life where you have absolutely nothing going on and like life is just going to be a breeze. And, you know, uh, things like a baby shower or a birthday party or not a good enough reason to put this self-experiment off. The idea of the Whole30 is so that you can learn what works for you. And chances are you are eventually going to have to say no to something that somebody offers you in the real world because you've recognized it doesn't serve you. And the Whole30 is a really great place to practice that. I think that maybe like month two of shelter in place could have maybe been as close to the perfect opportunity, I know, right? Because I know. no social, <laughs> no restaurants, uh, you know. So that time that ship has sailed. So anyone who did not take that opportunity, I'm sorry, you got to try harder. <laughs> I, I heard someone say like right around mid-April, this is a lot of days in a row to have to make dinner, and whole thirty, whole thirty years <laughs> everywhere. We're like, we got this. We know what we're doing. <laughs> like, this is nothing. Yeah. Cool. Um, D, do we have any last questions? I don't want to keep her over the 30 minutes. <laughs> I, ju I, I just want to um, ask one more thing. If you could give any advice to someone, um, it doesn't have to be Whole30 or not, just uh, maybe someone who is just starting out on their weight loss journey, because that's most of our um, listeners, what advice would you give them? Anyone who's starting any goal, any major life shift, the most important piece of advice I have is to focus on the long term. Anytime I try to implement a new habit, if I am watching the clock, if I'm paying so much attention to my body, if I'm weighing myself every single day, or if I'm testing my push-ups every single day, I'm going to get disappointed. I am in this for the long haul. It is not about meeting some short-term goal by any means necessary. It's about becoming a healthy person with healthy habits. And if I keep that in mind and think, just continue to ask myself throughout the day, like, well, is this something a healthy person with healthy habits would do? And I really enjoy the process and crafting the process and getting to know myself throughout the process. I find that progress just happens. And it happens kind of automatically and it feels really good when it does. But if I'm really obsessed with the micro day to day, I find that I just get really discouraged and then it's easier to give up. And I know that's easier said than done. But every time I take a step back and just say, look, I'm not going to focus on what's happening every single minute of every single day. I'm just going to decide I'm in this for the long haul and I'm just going to keep showing up for myself. That's where the magic really happens. Awesome. That's like, yeah, that's some great advice. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. We appreciate you coming on the podcast today. Yeah. Thank you for, ha uh, for having me. I appreciate it. D. I see you showing up for yourself in the gym, doing your I'm workout trying. every damn day. I see it. <laughs> yep. So I've been really, really happy. I think I've been following your journey for maybe a year now, at least. Yeah. I've just yeah been... It's been, yeah, about a year, almost two since yep. I did Whole30, I think. So yeah. So just, yeah. I'm just thrilled to be connected and meet you in person and, and get to say how, uh, how inspiring I think you are and in sharing as much as you do. So it's my pleasure. Thank you. I appreciate it.
Yeah. Did you want to drop your social medias and, and like any, you know, yeah. books or I know there's a lot, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> you can find anything you want about Whole30 at Whole30. So it's W-H-O-L-E and the number 30. That's all our social handles and websites and books and all that stuff. I'm primarily on Instagram and my handle is at Melissa U. We especially want to thank Melissa Urban for coming on the podcast today. It was really, really great speaking with her. And we hope that you guys gained a lot about um, her and what she's about and what Whole30 is about. Yes. And <laughs> if you want to embark on the Whole30 journey yourself, don't forget to check out the Whole30 website. And also, maybe at some point, me and Dee will be uh, hosting some sort of... <laughs> Whole 30 challenge for you all if you're interested. He's shaking his head over here like, no. <laughs> no. Well, I, I'm still thinking about prep. So probably after prep. So maybe talk to me when the new year starts. 2021, Whole after 30. my birthday, we yes. can think about doing Whole 30. Um, but again, we want to thank everyone who listens to this podcast because without you, we probably couldn't have had Melissa on here. Uh, and if you guys want to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, please do so. And you can find us at Mindhub Podcast.